you angry? I'm so angry because of this organization. Our government is so careless. They even don't care about what public is suffering. They don't know what from which thing we are suffering. There are so many people who are standing over here and fighting for these things. That was a clip from the scenes in India, which is currently facing a disastrous amount of deaths from COVID, which we will cover later. I'm Nora, and I'm here with Marley. Welcome to Slim Radio News. Hi, Nora. How are you today? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, so today we have a lot to cover. Marley's going to start, and she's going to try to explain to me what is happening with the Palestinian elections or the elections that could have been? Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so I'm going to talk about uh, the elections. Actually, uh, the elections uh, in Palestine would have been the first elections uh, in 15 years now. And um, yeah, this this whole story is very big because, as you said, I think you need like, you really need to go to the past to understand the whole conflict itself also and why the elections have been postponed now as well. Yes. So why have they been postponed, could you say, like in simple terms? Yeah. So um, basically, uh, it, it's the elections between the two most dominant parties in Palestine, uh, and that is uh, Fatah and Hamas. Uh, and those have been postponed by the president, Abba, and he um, is the president of the political party, uh, Fatah. So basically, um, you have uh, the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. And yeah. Palestine um, is uh, basically uh, divided uh, into those two parties, Hamas and Fatah. And Fatah is, um, is governing the West Bank. And that's um, the party which is in power at the moment as well. The party that's in the power of just controlling the West Bank? It's controlling like the West Bank, but it's like the Palestinian party that is in power of Palestine. Oh, right? so yeah. also the Gaza then? Well, um, the Gaza Strip has been governed by Hamas, actually. Oh, okay. So, so basically, if you look on the map, if you if you picture the map of um, um, of Israel itself as well, um, uh, the Gaza Strip is um, very close um, to Jerusalem as well. Um, and uh, the West Bank is too. So it's kind of like just next to each other, um, the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. And within Palestine, there have been these two parties that uh, uh, yeah, have divided itself. And um, well, basically, um, Hamas is a party that by contrast to Fatah does not recognize Israel's rights to exist. Um, and it had, has actually called for the destruction of Israel and the establishment um, of a Palestinian state oh, that would subsume Israel, actually. So is it like a militant group? Yeah, exactly. And it's also seen like by the world as a terrorist organization. Oh, uh, right. Okay, okay. The problem is now that, um, well, basically Fatah recognizes Israel and wants to build a state um, on um, borders like in 1967, there were, um, the UN actually proposed uh, um, a map of Israel where uh, Israel would have been divided um, in um, the Arab groups and the Jewish states, but it would be really like um, 
uh, you would picture a map and then you have the Arabs and then you uh, you have the Jewish and then again the Arabs and the Jewish and it's really um, yeah it's uh, it, it didn't work out back yeah then. like a jigsaw puzzle exactly right? yeah, yeah like a puzzle um, and well Fatah is not seen as a terrorist organization However, there are uh, a few different organizations that the U.S. has classified as terrorist organizations and that organizations um, cla uh, claim ties to Fatah. Oh, okay. So is that part of the reason why they were cancelled or postponed? Was it because there was a fear of violence from both parties? Um, well, uh, basically, um, the, um, the postponement, postponement has happened because um, um, the president... Um, of like uh, um, uh, the uh, the political party Fatah said that um, he wanted um, the uh, the Arab people living basically in Jerusalem to being able to to vote, and Israel hasn't um, said anything about that, and he claimed that as a reason to postpone the elections. However, um, uh, like the other party Hamas said that the decision was uh, violent and illegal and kind of like a coup. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. And like the, it's like an indefinite postponement. Uh, and you could say that it's maybe welcomed by Israel and the Western countries because yeah, of course. they view like the Islamic militant group as a terrorist organizations. But um, yeah, I think. Um, but it's, I guess it's leaving the average Palestinian citizen behind. Ex exactly. And I think like the Hamas, um, they were seen as doing quite good in the elections because um, the organization Fatah also, as I said, they have kind of, it has kind of split itself into like different groups. Uh, and as we said, like there are also different terrorist organizations, organizations that claim to be part of um, the group Fatah. Um, so, yeah, basically uh, people might also think that the reason why they actually postponed the elections is because they were afraid to lose, in a way. Oh, right, okay, okay. So it's that, and then there's also the bad representation or the bad reputation. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, in a way, um, I think the for the, the Palestinian people, it's really, it was... Like it's really hard to say if the elections give like hope and unity, you know, to the the Palestinian people, or um, or not, because um, in a way it's the first time that there could be like um, um, maybe a solution coming up or a change in a way, you know, or of like um, coming together. Yes, of course, or even like something that is giving them a voice because they're elections. Yeah, so for exactly. the first time in fifteen years. Yeah. the average person can have a say in what's going on. Yeah, that's true. Um, and is there anything about when the next elections might be? No. No, no promises? No, no, no nothing actually. Um, and I think it's also, um, I wanted to explain a bit as well on the, um, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Yes. Because that has been going on for over 100 years now. Yes, of course. And well, it's intertwined. Mm -hmm. Of course, like with the elections. I mean, the fact that there hasn't been elections in 15 years. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah it uh, kind of started um, um, back uh, uh, in World War One when uh, Britain took control of the areas that uh, are now known as Palestine um, after the ruler of the part of the Middle East was defeated. Uh, and the land was basically inhabited by a Jewish minority and an Arab minority. Yeah, so that was... 
before that it was the Ottoman Empire, right? Exactly. Where, interestingly enough, from what I know in that area, the the, the Islams and the, the Islams, the Muslims and the Jewish people lived pretty much together mm-hmm. side by side like there was never a major there wasn't a major conflict yeah before exactly. that it wasn't yeah. really until the british came in that's true uh-huh. that's, that's when it started yeah uh, when the british came in um and basically uh the tension grew between like two different groups when uh britain kind of established the task to create like a national home um and yeah then they had this uh, uh, basically um uh, in the um, in the forties, the UN voted for Palestine to split into a separate Jewish and Arab states, uh, and, and with Jerusalem becoming an international city. But yes. that didn't work out. Okay, and that's also that's when they split up the physical spaces and saying like Palest- Palestinians, you go here, Jewish people, you go here, with the weird shape. Like yeah. like I said, it looks it's, like a jigsaw piece. Yeah, that well, was established in the by the UN. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think um, it was also like between the 20s and the 40s, 1920s and the 40s, a lot of Jewish flee from persecution and the Holocaust in Europe. Mm-hmm. And that's where um, in uh, uh, at 1.100 of thousands of Palestinians fled and were forced out of their homes. Um, and that's actually what you call them, the Aul Nakba. That was like the big catastrophe that happened. Oh, yes, of course, because that's their promised land, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what happened. And, um, yeah, in that time, there have been um, a lot of um, f- uh, wars going on between the Gaza Strip um, um, and the rest of, like, the, the other part of the country. Um, and, um yeah, the Gaza Strip has kind of attacked them, and the uh, is, like Israel says that they're defeating, like they're um, um, how do you, how do you say it? They're just uh, trying to protect themselves, but in a way, of course, they're also attacking them. So it's like it's a very uh, complicated story. I would yes, say. of course. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's no really um, simple way to sum it up. I think in no, fifteen minutes, really, no. because it's both. I mean. It's two different, um, co- like not even conflicts, two different narratives of national identity. Yeah, which yeah. is such a strong thing. Yeah, I think the like the sum out of like what we just talked about is is about national identity. That's mm-hmm. like a very big topic of like this whole conflict. Yes, actually, yes, of course. Um, oh my god! I mean, it's it's horrible the fact that the elections were delayed. I mean, mm-hmm. not even delayed, postponed or cancelled or mm-hmm. whatever you want to say. I mean, I wonder if we'll hear anything about that yeah. in the next few months. Yeah. Yeah. Well, moving on from that, a really hot topic this week is what's happening in India. Mm-hmm. And have you seen any of the videos? Cause uh, I have seen like a few videos. Oh yeah. my god! Because like I saw a lot of pictures of it from Instagram, and I feel like in a way I saw so many pictures that I was like desensitized. Mm. But then I watched a video about it last night, and it was like it's genuinely horrific. Like it's so horrible because not only do you have the visuals of people like old people, not even people like middle aged people, even in the back of cars suffocating because they can't breathe because there are no available oxygen tanks. There's also these horrible clips of um, these bodies in white tarp. You know, it's like white, it's almost like a medical material. Mm-hmm. And they're basically like literally in like some car parks on wooden pyres wow. uh, to be cremated. And, and it's so, oh my God, it's horrific. 
Did, uh, but I also, because I, j I feel like I just heard about that now, kind of, I mean, I knew like they weren't doing good, but is that something that just happened? Like, yeah, so or? I'll try and explain it as much as I can now. Yeah. So the thing is, while the rest of the world, like say, I mean, from our perspective, we're thinking, we mostly think of say like Europe and the US, when we were in a very bad first wave, um, India was actually doing quite well. And India was very proud and their like health minister, their health minister and everything was talking about how great they're dealing with the pandemic. So in a way, it was almost like they're calling it hubris. Like they say that the politicians were kind of too cocky and they mm -hmm. thought that they would be fine up until now. And because everything went, I mean, as well as it can in the first uh, the first wave, now in the second wave, they actually had some uh, like elections going on. Okay. And they also had some festivals going on. And during oh. that time, people were a lot more relaxed and there were like no, not a lot of masks being worn. And of course, India, like the population density is so huge. Everyone is packed in together. It was, I guess, a matter of time before everything erupted. But what's weird about this story is that when you're reading about it and you see all of the numbers, the numbers actually don't look like a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, say, for instance, one second here. Um like according to what's being reported it looks like only 1.3 percent of the population is being infected oh which doesn't seem like a lot because the usa um like if when it was like you know in its peak almost um it was almost 10 percent of the population was being infected but the thing is a lot of other indian journalists and scientists are now coming out and they're saying that the numbers are being grossly underestimated so for instance on Friday, I believe, so we're this is a Saturday we're recording this, but yesterday the number of cases surpassed 400,000, mm -hmm. which, I mean, one day, of course, like that's still huge. Yeah. But people that are monitoring this are saying that it's actually inaccurate and we might have to, they're all, it's like they're almost reporting only 3% of infections. So therefore 400,000 could be in the millions wow. in reality. I know it's it's really really crazy like there yeah. was this one scientist and he claimed that like he was working in a testing lab and he was getting loads of positive tests because of course if you see what's happening now like the visuals and the numbers aren't matching up no. and he said that um one of the local politicians so someone working for like representing the health ministry told him um to not report that he was getting that amount of positive tests Yes. And so that's the thing. It's the type of thing where, I mean, personally, I'm not very good with numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I read them, I'm like, oh, I can't visualize that. Yeah. But when you look at the pictures, that's when the, weird, the real shock comes in. Yeah. And a big part of it is to do with the cremations, mm -hmm. because in Indian society, so Hindu society, um, it's typical that they burn their bodies because, you know, they believe in reincarnation. Mm -hmm. And a part of that is that if they don't burn the body, then you're not freeing the soul. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you die, your body is burnt and I guess your soul is like released with the flames. Mm -hmm. So that's like obviously a very important part of their culture. Yeah. But at the moment, because there are so many people dying, say in places like um, Mumbai or New Delhi, there are so many people that there isn't enough space. And I read this interview, it was so interesting, with this man who's only 20, so he's my age, which is nuts. And he's a professional cremator. Mm -hmm. And he's actually from, a lot of the cremators are Dalits, which is, I don't know if I said that right, but it's the lowest like step in the caste system. Mm -hmm. And 
it's typical that they're the ones who work as the cremators because there's not a lot of jobs that they can do. And it's it's like also like a family thing. Like if your family uh, is all Dalit, then typically they might be cremators. So therefore you become a cremator. Yeah. It's like a and, and it goes on. Yeah. Yeah. And this poor guy, he's pretty much like desensitized to everything that's happening around him because there are just so much bodies. Like he said that um, on a typical day, he would only be burying like, I don't know, maybe like five bodies a day not burying burning mm. but now it's like getting up to like 30 bodies a day oh that he has to burn yeah and it's just horrible because like they're literally turning to car parks now wow yeah and then there's also this issue of um in a typical ceremony the priest that does it is from the highest caste in like in the, the in the caste system, system. Mm. yeah th- which is called a brahmin but now, of course, a lot of the Brahmins, they don't want to go there because, I mean, first of all, it's such a horrific site, but it's probably quite dangerous with the, the amount of people there. So now it's actually the Dalits, which is the lowest person performing this rite. So it's like the whole, it's it just, I guess it goes to show how chaotic it is at the moment that this system is almost being reversed. Yeah. Yeah, it's really horrific. And then I don't even have that much time to describe the whole issue that's going on in terms of vaccines because another thing that seems so confusing about this is that India is like a hub for manufacturing vaccines, Mm -hmm. you know? And like during, like when the vaccines were all coming up, they were being made in India. Yet now they don't have enough vaccines for their population. This this crazy and I also don't... um, Why are they actually... Do you know why they are um, changing the numbers and like hiding what's actually happening? Like? Oh well, that's just that's from a political uh, political perspective. Basically, yeah. they want they don't want people to know how what's bad it is because they look incompetent. Which I know so that seems crazy because it's like well, if you tell p- everyone mm-hmm. how bad it is, then you're more likely to get help. And get I think, a solution, yeah, yeah, to get a solution. And people are starting to realize that, like the U.S. and other wealthy countries are donating aid, mm-hmm. but the big problem is is that india do not have the license to copy the formula for vaccines Mm -hmm. even though they have all of the facilities they have the factories Mm -hmm. in order to actually recreate the vaccine you need to pay for the license because it's intellectual property it's intellectual property the same way that say if you designed a car yeah someone has to like give you money so they can copy the formula to make that car so stupid and they're doing that with vaccines i can which is nuts i mean it makes sense that all those laws are in place but they weren't made for a pandemic no not at and it's so stupid like um in a pandemic like that sticking to laws because also what you just said like the whole caste system like the whole culture is basically changed around um due to the government not being honest uh, trying to stick to rules that like or having to stick basically to patterns that um, that don't work in a pandemic like that it's like trying to stick to something that's not there I know and like you might say well who is it helping like who yeah. is this all for um, a lot of people are angry at Bill Gates at the moment yeah because you know he helped fund um, Oxford and AstraZeneca I believe mm. yes he was he was interviewed by Sky News and they told him, well, what do you think we should do in terms of sharing vaccines? And he was like, oh, well, it wouldn't make any sense to uproot a formula that's from the US and give it to a country like India because he was like, oh, well, that's never been done before and it's too much of like a health risk, which doesn't really make that much sense Why because like I said, risk? I, I mean, he would say, well, 
we're making you, you say you were making one vaccine in one place for such a long time mm. everyone knows the rules they know how it's done mm. and they have all the facilities yeah. but india has been making vaccines yeah they just it's they don't have the license yeah to make this formula now yeah so that's why people were mad at bill gates because they see him as profitizing yeah yeah so it's very nuts like the do 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 the w the world trade organization actually called for a waiver of patents Mm -hmm. but the problem is wealthy countries like the usa and actually all of the eu are standing in the way of that okay yeah yeah i i don't know how it's going to go like this is all very topical like by to for the next two days it could change yeah yeah no but i think it's uh, really important to talk about it as well and i think and it's now again like uh, a problem problem that arises because of um like the differences that we have in the world like the wealthy countries and the countries that are seen as like non-wealthy or having like high um uh, health standards having a country where that is portrayed or seen as not having that high health standards and for that um causing a lot of problems within that country mm-hmm, of like, course it's i feel like it's really like a counter effect also i mean you have the government in indian in india that lied to the people but um isn't it also an effect of like the patent basically yeah like, isn't it an effect of like the other countries not allowing them to have those vaccines in a way is it's i feel like it's very related everything and oh of course it's all yeah. connected in this chain but the yeah. scary thing is like the pandemic like the virus doesn't care about you know all of the borders and everything no, like no, we're yeah. never going to be covid free yeah if people aren't sharing the vaccines like it's never True. it's just not going to go away if only yeah. half the population has safe vaccines yeah and i also feel like since a longer time i mean wrapping it up soon but since a longer time i feel like that borders don't really make sense anymore and i know that's really like a big thing to say (laughs) but with the things that have happened before like um the pandemics uh like those borders kind of just get in the way right like thinking in borders obviously in ways makes sense but also in other ways of like health standards um and a pandemic, it really doesn't make sense to just think of your own place because, as you said, the pandemic will not just like stop at the border. And yeah, like, no, it's I'm one <laughs> planet. Yeah, and it, yeah. we're not that big. Yeah. Really, that's what it's taught us. We're all super connected. Yeah. yeah, yeah. God. So wrapping up, actually, on a positive note, we're it's actually nice in Amsterdam now. The terraces are open. Yes. It have you been out actually? I haven't. I'm actually meeting a friend today, and hopefully, we're going to go. I'm so excited yeah. to get some like a freshly poured beer. (laughs) So positive vibes. Also, another good sign is that now that restrictions are easing in our part of the world, condom sales are up. Oh, great. (laughs) Yeah, Jurex um, announced their figures. Yeah. And it's looking really well for them. They're like spiking up. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Good news. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's so interesting. Like I've only started to get into... um, sale patterns recently because it's so funny with the pandemic like the more things that are closing and opening it's just completely reflected in the sales (laughs) true actually yeah (laughs) yes so thank you marley thank you for explaining everything to me yeah and thank you too thanks um thanks for the the conversation and the update and i hope everyone stay safe yes stay safe